0: Welcome to a very special episode of the name of the pod, your Babylon Five podcast, where we usually discuss the enduring cultural legacy of your favorite 1990 science fiction television show, Babylon Five. But this week, we are instead uh, going to be taking this this opportunity between seasons to uh, take a look at the memoir from. Uh, j michael straczynski that's recently been published uh, becoming superman Yay! i am one of your hosts chris Tatro, and with me after a very long introduction sorry about that
1: is my <laughs> good friend and co-host john cassie yeah
0: realized i probably should have got the introduction in there before the dude statement, but it's yeah. all good it's all good anybody that's listening to an episode a very special episode of the name of the pod Probably knows who we are at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. what am I? I'm Joey Lawrence, uh, from uh-huh. Blossom, or I am okay. Michael J. Fox, or I am Mark Paul Gosselaar from mm. a very special episode of Saved by the Bell.
0: I'm uh, whoever the girl in the uh, what was the show with the robot with the little girl robot. You're looking at me Punky like I've Brewster. Punky Brewster. No, Punky Brewster was not about a robot.
1: Um.
0: Uh, it was an early '90s,
1: early '80s. Short circuit. Sitcom. Short circuit.
0: No, wait. That was a movie. No, that's not
1: right. Uh, hold on. Let me check the internet. Little ah. girl robot show. Small wonder. Small wonder. Hooray! Ding! <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, One of the only things
1: a- in the uh, in the mid '80s <laughs> not written by J. Michael Straczynski, w- so far as I can tell. <laughs> See, I was going
0: to tie it back into that. That's where we were going to go. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, you, you folks missed us, didn't you?
1: God, it's bless. been a while since you got, have you got your,
0: your weekly dose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the weekly dose of yeah. We're two minutes into this show and we haven't said anything of any substance, which makes None. it just like every other show we make, right? It is known. It is. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yes. So, so uh, you and I both read the uh, the JMS mm-hmm. memoir. Uh, becoming Superman over the summer, yeah. you know, when it, when it first came out and pretty illuminating in a lot of respects, wouldn't you say?
0: Definitely. You know, I, I'm not the sort of fan and, and I'm don't want to speak for you, but I think you are in the same boat as I am, John. Uh, I'm not the obsessive, like read everything about the, 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 the creators or the behind the scenes stuff and knowing all of the ins and outs and the wherefores and, you know, of the makings making of shows and all the details of somebody's life. So, I mean, I, I I knew, you know, I I knew, for example, you know, that uh, the work, some of the work that JMS had done before Babylon five coming in from animation, um, right. She wrote these kinds of things. I was, I was familiar with those, with those things, but I, I don't think that I, uh, I don't think that i realized the uh the like the full extent in the path that he took
1: yeah to i I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that and and i didn't know it for the very reason that you say i usually let the work speak for itself mm-hmm. uh i'm interested in knowing the context in which a writer is writing in because you know as a as a historian who's also done some work in you know, teaching English and what have you, I think, for instance, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful to, to appreciate the, you know, the historical context of, say, Dostoevsky or, mm-hmm. you know, T.S. Eliot or whatever, but it's not necessary. Right. And the work, sure the, the works, the work should speak for itself. And if you want to understand it's in a sort of a broader historical framework, then by all means, read the other stuff, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I think JMS himself would 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 sort of agree that the work should uh, the work should have the integrity to hold up on its own. It shouldn't need you to understand its author in order mm-hmm. to understand it. I think he'd probably he'd probably say, "Well, don't yeah. don't don't push what you learn about me too far into any texts that I write." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll probably do a bit of that here. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Cer- certainly, you know, other shows that I'm a huge fan of, I haven't done a lot of that that drilling down or that you know that kind of stuff. Like, I, it's not my jam.
0: Yeah, even you know, the the lifelong Star Wars fan that I've been, you know, I, I I've never gone back and read any of the initial drafts or or right. really looked much into George Lucas's uh, you know life and and upbringing and whatnot. Um, so it's just it's just not the kind of person that I am, and I know a lot of people really that's that's a huge part of their fandom, and and I definitely right. appreciate and, that. But it's yeah, just not, and
1: rock on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if, if that's if that's your jam, then then that's cool, you know. And and yeah. it's 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 made sort of doubly so um, by the fact that of of the genres, you know, the writing genres, memoir is probably one of my 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 least read genres, mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. you will yeah uh, same. yeah, I just it, I... it doesn't move me somehow. Biography I'll read, but that's someone mm-hmm. else trying yeah. to shape an understanding of the life yeah in a way that that is trying to serve a broader question of knowledge as opposed mm-hmm. to, what always seems to be slightly self-serving in memoir.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I I always go into reading a mo- memoir or an autobiography with a certain level of distrust, or mm-hmm. or or at the very least skepticism. Yeah. You know, okay, what are you going to sell me here? What are you right. trying? You're you're trying to construct a very solid picture of who you are.
1: Right. And, right. And
0: you know, it's it's definitely got an unreliable witness. Aspect to I think the or unreliable narrator aspect to the to the, to the entire genre. Right um, now, the 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 stuff that seems almost the most far fetched and outlandish in becoming Superman, you know, he's apparently got the documentation to back him up.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, so that's nice. You know, that's that's something that that you know others, you know, I'm looking at you, Dave Eggers, probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't provide.
1: Right, right. Um, James Frey, the million little mm-hmm. pieces. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I either want my my memoir, frankly, to be like this one, mm-hmm. right? Because I think as as the genre goes, this is a pretty approachable, readable, interesting, uh, you know, version of the memoir. Not mm-hmm. as self serving as as many others that I've read. Or right. I want it to be verging on the on the unbelievable by by design, mm-hmm. right? In which case I'm thinking of of three writers, David Sedaris, mm-hmm. who's more such a humorist that I just assume that most things that he reports as actually happening are his own twisted view on a truth, right? Mm-hmm. Augustine Burroughs, who uh, has been dinged a little bit for maybe not being completely factual and the late David Rakoff, who uh, who would who's so incapable of, of writing anything self-affirming, right mm-hmm. that I just assume that all of the self- negation that he's doing in his writing is is sort of the opposite of the normal self-aggrandizing <laughs> memoir. Yes. you know yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give this to JMS. his prose, is Cracker Jack. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just tore through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: there was no place where it felt like, oh, this is really bogging down, or he's going into far too much minutia. Right. You know, there have been other things uh, that that I've read, that, that we've read in, in you know, we've been in a, in a book club for a number of years together, to, you know, reading and talking right. about things, where it's like, why are you going into such detail about this person's grandparents you know they're not going to matter it's not really relevant it's just that you did all this research and you need to put it in somewhere Uh, because it's in a box and you need to do something with it um here yes the the information about his you know parents grandparents all of that is is very is very crucial it it never you know there there wasn't anything in here that i felt uh, that i felt slowed down the narrative right um now, at the same time, I'll say that just from the little bit that I do know about uh, J.M.S.'s work, there were some interesting omissions. Okay. So, so and maybe we'll talk about that when we, when we get to talking more about his work later okay. on. But, okay. But there were, some, there were some pieces that I noticed he kind of elided over, and that, that ties into my unreliable narrator uh, bias against memoirs, yeah.
1: I yeah. think. Yeah. Um. He has no trouble at all putting the reader into the perspective of the young version of himself, Mm. experiencing this very uh, rootless life Mm. with these untethered by Convention, norms, parenting skill, Mm. parents, yeah, uh, who you know. If we take the story as read, were engaged in crimes against humanity. Yeah, right. Um, You know. uh, how far can you trust a thing? I mean, he's putting a certain trust on evidence that he's seen and conversations mm. that he's had. And I can appreciate, uh, you know, a desire to want to reconcile that. Mm. And I also get from within the text, a, you know, uh, not that 100 percent confidence that one might that one might want to have when, you know, yeah. when reading about your, you know, the the potentially. uh you know, n- Nazi-aligned behavior mm-hmm. of your, you know, of your family mm. uh, certainly helps to explain a tendency to move all over the place and use pseudonyms.
0: Right, right. right. It's it's kind of you know when he, when he gets to kind of the 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 big reveal right. at the end, right? You know, it it's really the only logical conclusion to all the evidence that he's been laying out all the things that he saw throughout his right. life, all the things he experienced, um, and it makes all the pieces fall into place, you know, about um, when he finally uh, you know, finally remarries uh, you know, Straczynski's mother, um, and you know, why that after so many years, and that was a big mystery, and nobody could figure that out well, you know, right. so she couldn't testify against him, et cetera, et cetera Because right this had happened to a friend of theirs apparently just, just around the same time, but yeah, but things like, you know, the, the, the Nazi uniform in the, in the closet and the, you know, the memorabilia and the, you know, his, his father dictating these memoirs, you know, that were, you know, talk about unreliable narrator, right. Sort of remaking his story, sort of cleansing that story. So that it's uh, more palatable, right. Um, Right. Yeah. It, what a what a what a monster of a human being. It's, oh, uh, big time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's not a lot in the book about uh, about JMS's uh, sisters.
1: Almost nothing. Who, right. Who grew up? Who
0: grew up in that same family? Maybe they they requested that you know leave out a lot of details and mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Um, but I mean, it, if it, it's a miracle that that any of the three of them turned out to to be. You know, "quote unquote" normal human beings uh, to right functional hum- functional human beings in any way, shape, or form, not right. sociopaths themselves. Growing up in that kind of that kind of situation,
1: right, right. I mean, you know what's what's interesting is, <clears throat> and maybe this goes a bit to your point about omission. It's one thing to grow up in a profoundly toxic home. As he clearly did, right? It's quite another to grow up in that home when, when the family has no resources to speak of. Now, this yeah. family clearly had... JMS himself might not have seen it. He might not have had access to it. But this was not a family that was destitute you know the his right. father's companies at the end of the day made made lots of money right
0: right right they weren't they weren't moving around you know with with just the clothes on their back and you know scraping to get by
1: right right so so that that's you know to me a uh, uh, you know a factor here when i say mm-hmm how many how many kids raised in that kind of an environment to your point mm. come out without being severely damaged well none virtually none right yeah. but if you've got some resources and the ability to gain access to things like education
0: mm-hmm.
1: you make it a little a, a little higher just a little yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because at least you don't have issues of, you know, well, there were issues of medical, you know, medical neglect, uh, poor nutrition, right. You know, other other sorts of things that are uh, that that come along if you don't have any kind of resources in the family. Right. At, at least you're not compounding the the toxic, emotional, and and possibly physical physically harmful environment with those kinds of elements as well.
1: Right. Uh, Right. I mean, and what's uh, crystal clear is that he grew up in an environment that would have surely led to a child and family services intervention in in our time.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. It depends on how how much was evident outside of the home. Okay, I, I, you know, I can how, accept that. How much that. of it is kept as a secret. Yeah. Um, and, and not really not... The sort of thing that's that's revealed unless unless he's actually got bruises unless there are things that are that are that are demonstrative to teachers or to to someone outside of the outside of the house of what's going on there
1: right right uh i, I would
0: bet that there are millions of of homes like that that don't get an intervention mm. across the country and you know many many more across the world
1: yeah you're 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 you have to be right. Um, the the connection to to cats, mm. right, and his father's brutality to animals, mm-hmm. right. That's you know that 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 was one of the parts of this that quite stuck. To, yeah, stuck to me, you know.
0: Yeah, um, I was. You know, uh, on reading that, I was kind of surprised that there haven't been more cats in more of his work. Quite. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there is the scene in Earth One, uh, Superman Earth One, uh, involving a young Clark Kent, you know, teenage Clark Kent burying his cat on the moon.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, so that
0: so that when he when he looks up every night, when he looks up at the moon, he will he will think of think of his, his dear pet and the and, you know, the cat can always see him because he's always looking down on the earth.
1: Right, um, right.
0: It's a it's, it's a it's a beautifully written scene. It's wonderful and a, and a great homage to the to all the cats that he had. But, but, you know, you, you it's certainly no like Michael Marshall Smith, uh, you know, right, a, another, a, a, an author that, that John and I have both read who, uh, who loves to insert, you know, highly intelligent and you know malicious slash chaotic, cats. Yes. throughout
1: uh, throughout. Many of the works, right? Yeah, folks. Just a, a, a you know a, a ten second side note. Uh, if you haven't read Michael Marshall Smith, you probably haven't heard of him. Uh, a British author writes sci fi and suspense novels. His suspense novels under the name Michael Marshall are good, but his sci fi is extraordinary.
0: Mm. Only forward is is one of the one of the better novels that I've read.
1: Yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Only forward. Go out and read it, folks. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's extraordinary. Um, so, a pretty dismal childhood, told with a kind of ferociousness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a no holds barred telling. Yeah, and I and I get the sense he's working through a lot of these things as he's writing. Totally. You know, as he's he's only in more recent years coming to terms with a lot of the stuff that was going on. Right. It
1: almost reads like, like a transcript, Mm -hmm. you know, of like 10 hours with David Frost or, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, like he's being interviewed by Terry Gross or something. Right. You know, one of the, one of the seminal interviewers, right. Mm -hmm. Because even within the body of the text, there are these discursive, I'm going to go backwards and then I'm going to go forwards and there's Mm -hmm. asides and these other kinds of sly Mm -hmm. winks and things like that, that, uh, that I think really made the book, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, read just like, just like, I mean, like lightning. Yeah. You know,
0: and very much in his voice, totally in his voice, right. As as much as, as much as I could say what his voice is from the things that I've read and watched, uh, you know, but it, but it, it definitely, it had a voice, to it that that really rings with what we've seen in Babylon Five for these last four seasons. For sure,
1: for sure, yeah, yeah, and uh, and which I've seen in the the comic book writing of his that I've mm-hmm. that I've read, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think about ah uh, Max. There he is. Hello, you're Max. a little late on your cue, kid. Yeah, we've already well, passed the cat section.
0: He's he's yeah he's he's out of sorts because he had to go and and visit the vet this oh, evening. Oh dear! Um, who subjected him to all sorts of poking and prodding and spindling yes. and folding and yeah. yeah, he's no fan of that.
1: I am not a number. I'm a free cat. <laughs> Where are you? Anyway, you know, uh, when when he reaches. Know, adulthood and has all these kind of crazy experiences in San Diego, you mm-hmm. know, the interactions with the cult, and then mm-hmm. all of these crazy things that he did at San Diego State, you know, in terms of getting into classes that he had no business being in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and all that. Um, I, I'm, I, I just can't help but be struck by two things that just seem to be core to his life and to sort of his his way of going about the world. Okay. One, if he wants a thing, mm. he's just going to grind until he gets it. Oh, right? yes. And two, he just seems in so many respects like the luckiest MF <laughs> I've ever read about, right?
0: Uh-huh, yeah. It's
1: like, how did you, how other than the universe wanting you to win... <laughs> Did any of the following 50 things happen to you? None of which should have. Right. Right?
0: Right. Yeah, he should have been he should have been you know broken and broke right. Uh, you know washed out after his second or third or fourth you know walk off from That's a, right. a, a job or or you know, refusing to to continue there on on pure principle. Right. Um and yet, and yet, and yet, he he keeps uh, he keeps coming back, and he keeps getting work. You know, thankfully, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, I think luck is something to do with it. And and as he says, you know, a lot of it is that when he would get he would get an opportunity, he would get sort of just that little the little thread from a That's right. um You know, he would just he would just work it and work it until he was back you know into a into a full gig again. Right. Or a full opportunity. Um, as you he know, says, you know, most of it is just is just showing up and doing the job.
1: That is my takeaway from this. Yeah. Show up, do the work, work hard, work like mad. Mhm. Right? Yeah. And opportunity will will not by virtue of luck, but just because you're the one who's always there. Mm-hmm. You're the one who can always right. be counted on. Work right. will, you know, will 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 manifest itself, yeah. and that that sense of you know that he learned in journalism. Mm-hmm. Right, you got to crank out inches every day. There's another paper. Yeah, crank out crank out material. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, and. and uh, it's it's extraordinary, what yeah what what, what uh, I mean just the the sheer volume of his output. Mm-hmm. It's like Asimovian. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's I. It's ridiculous. I have no idea how many pages of of scripts and and of work that he's he's generated
1: in his life, but right. I mean, surely it's in the tens of thousands absolutely easily, easily, right um, so you know folks, as you read it, if you you know if you choose to and you, and you really yeah. ought to uh you you'll no doubt be struck by by this fact, you know again that so much of what made him him and what made his career what it is is simply effort. Mm -hmm. And I've said this a hundred times to people, you know, after I got my own, after I got my doctorate. Well, the trick about getting an advanced degree, a master's degree or a doctorate has nothing to do with smart. It has everything to do with persistent. If you're not persistent, you're done. You don't have to be very smart to get a doctorate, but you have to grind. You have to work. Yeah, and that's where uh, you know people just bog down. You know, mm-hmm. their life bogs them down, or they get bogged <laughs> and down in their I work.
0: Washed out before my masters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have a master's degree, though. Yeah, I got. It. Yeah, it was it was an easy one. Tosh, enough <laughs> anyway, out of you. Anyway, anyway, okay. yeah. Oh, an opportunity to self-negate, please. Yay! Yay! Uh.
0: But you're right. It's and 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 this is it's. Certainly, I don't have it. I don't have the kind of of dedication and and persistence uh, that that JMS demonstrates in this. Right. But but that that whole that whole thing of show up, do the work, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I'm frequently astonished at how by what I see to be just, and this is going to sound like now I'm tooting my own horn after that <laughs> self negation. Um, by just kind of, I'm showing up and I'm doing the work. I figure, I feel like I'm doing baseline and other people are like, Oh, he's so great. He's so, you know, blah, blah, blah. He knows what he's doing. And sure. Sure. in, In my professional sort of, and I just feel like I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. Right. Which makes me think, you know, that, that, you know, the, the 90 percentile of the rest of everybody has to be, Really, just not kind of pulling their own weight. So when, when you get into that upper ten percent, and you are persistent and you you put the effort in, uh, right? It, it gets it gets recognized
1: for sure, for sure. And and he's clearly been recognized as uh you know as a talent and as a colleague <laughs> and having a very high capacity to do transformative work on on some of these programs. Mm-hmm. Right from the start of his career, right. Um,
0: yeah, while hand in hand with also being you know, self-destructive.
1: Oh, mercy!
0: You know, it, it, and and I think I think the persistence is is part of that as well. Yes it's the it's it all comes into the if you tell me I cannot do a thing, I am going to do that thing just because you told me I cannot. Correct.
1: Correct. Uh,
0: either i am not able to or. <clears throat> not have the capacity to do you know right that's gonna make me that's gonna make me do it oh and pres- and persevere more than more than anything else in the world
1: right this and guy his su- full yeah. stop
0: yeah yeah and and his success is i think his his drive to succeed is mainly from his father believing or saying frequently that he could not
1: yes it has so, to be, right? Yeah, I
0: think I mean, that's a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, these things root deeply in anyone,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you think about some of the work and how he went from from job to job, writer to editor Editor to, to program creator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how he was able to overcome the word I used was disputatious. <laughs> yes.
0: I think there may have been an, an additional adverb or adjective in front of that when you first.
1: Disputatiousness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the degree to which he is disputatious. The degree to which he is disputatious yeah. is, is, is off the charts, right? Yes. Um, it speaks to how well regarded he is in the profession that he could engage in some of the professional behavior that he reports on mm-hmm. and not be cashiered out like yesterday's bad news.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, anybody who who did not produce great work you know, wouldn't have been brought back for you know for Twilight Zone for the third season of Real Ghostbusters for right you know any of these other things that he walked away from at some previous point right you know he he's he's never seen a bridge he didn't want to burn and yeah. you know sometimes he's able to walk across the embers back to where he came from
1: yeah. You know just beyond miraculous. Yeah. Um He must have he must be just extraordinarily difficult to work with sometimes. And I at other because, times just mm-hmm. like Ace is great, you know?
0: Oh yeah. I, I and I think it's it's because he holds himself to to such a high standard, this whole you know embodiment of superman that he has right kind of as his guiding ethos right that that I won't back down from what I know is right right and and that must be that must be infuriating to to work or live with you know right. friends colleagues whoever right uh, but at the same time you know knowing the place of goodness that it's coming from uh for the, sure Knowing, knowing the 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 kindness and the the warm person behind it, uh, or in a professional sense, knowing the kind of work that he's capable of doing, uh, m- you think, you think, man, it's 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 hard working with him, but at the end of the day, this is going to get results, and right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna bear it because I know what he's capable of. Right,
1: right, and that becomes. Truer, the longer he writes and the more experience he gets, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I never watched those animated programs. Yeah, uh, well, I think most
0: of them were in the in the years where we weren't watching. You know, we had kind of grown out of where he started, where he was was working. Right. I, I had the advantage of having a, a brother ten years younger right um, and 10 times the the geek that i am uh, so he was into the masters of the universe he was into he was really into ghostbusters yeah um so i saw those shows um real ghostbusters was actually very good what i remember of it and so i'm thinking i must be think i must be thinking of the first season that sure. must have been what i saw you know from from his uh, from his explanation the other seasons you know sound like a complete dumpster fire right but uh but I thought it was you know it, it was it was enough to 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 keep you know jaded you know 14 15 year old me you know entertained
1: it, for sure yeah. for sure um yeah I mean by that time I'm yeah I'm I'm sort of well past that right yeah yeah um you know, when, uh, I mean, Real Ghostbusters starts in 1986. Well, I start UMass in 1986, right? Okay. You know, back, back in the back in the day, uh, there was, let me see, in the building I lived in, there was a television in the lounge. Yes. And if your room faced, <laughs> faced outward. Mm-hmm you could get two channels. If mm. your room faced inward, you could get one. Yes. Right. So I didn't watch anything. Yeah. Right. I can remember my floor mates gathering around the the one television on the floor in 1987 to watch uh, the premiere of Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. you know, on a on a 19-inch color set that, you know... 20% of the signal was uh was static right uh-huh. you know yeah. there was no cable Not in much any lost. of these buildings no it was mm. largely improved i think yeah, by, yes. by all of that static um and you know the the his other stuff you know like the that new twilight zone mm-hmm. i only saw later yeah right and i thought yeah, it was same. i thought it was pretty great and mm-hmm. i was totally fascinated by his lengthy story about the writing process and that Rod Serling connection.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: cause that episode mentioned, um, is one of the most, it's sort of universally recognized as one of the best of the twilight zones and uh-huh. the most personal of the, uh, you know, of Serling's oeuvre.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, and to see that connection there, pretty amazing. Mm. Um, Maybe not as amazing as the most profoundly unlikely path that Babylon Five had to walk to get to get made.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, who is this guy? He's a, he's a <laughs> staff writer, and you know he's he's been like a you know a producer you know on a couple of programs. He's never run a show. He doesn't know yeah. anything. And he admits it in this yeah. memoir. He doesn't know Jack. Mm. And I wonder if that's why a number of the things that we don't like about in The, uh, the Gathering mm-hmm. and about season one reflect the fact that he didn't know what he was doing as yeah. a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so either got bullied by people who were working their own agenda, or he just didn't have the the instincts.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, know. I definitely think that's that's the case. I, I think you can see his strengths grow. Yeah. as as the seasons go on, totally. Uh, and and he he gets a better handle on what he's on what being a showrunner is all about, and the things that he that he needs to do, and and. Things just get get tighter.
1: Tighter, exactly. Uh,
0: as as he goes on in this show, and and yeah, you you do something for what's it, what is it that you do something for ten thousand hours before you to gain expertise.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the well, Gladwell rule. Yeah, you know.
0: well, he, he probably put that in in the first, he put in his 10,000 hours in the first season.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, you
0: know, based on, I, I haven't done the math, but uh, based on the amount of, of time he seems to spend working versus sleeping right. or any other activity. Right. It seems reasonable.
1: Right. Uh, I am, um, I'm, I'm reading his reflections on that first season mm-hmm. of getting the show off the ground, you know, and mm-hmm. how, how much P-10 was pushing back on him, appropriately yeah. so, mm-hmm. and thinking to myself... You know, I know this will be this will be heretical, but was Michael O'Hare really the best one in the room? Tamlin mm. Tamita was she really the right choice? Why were these people in the room? Mm-hmm. Because when you and I spoke, you know, after rewatching it and sort of reflecting on it, it just seems like, nah, these are all miscast, right? I mean, right, right, and so many of the the guest stars in season one were just so over the top. Mm-hmm. And is that, is that a function of having previously been an animation writer that you're just going for, you know, kind of these big booming personalities.
0: Because you know, in animation, you have to convey more with, with the voice. Yeah. Since the, the faces don't have, you know, especially if you're doing something like, you know, masters, of the universe where they will recycle the, the footage
1: to save money <laughs> Precisely, you, know, you don't have right. a
0: lot of facial expression
1: right yeah it's, it really does seem like he needed to he needed to learn on the job yeah right um and of and course he did as
0: he gets more control over the process it, gets it better. starts it gets it gets better he's not getting he's not getting pushed by p10 as much right right once he's proven that this thing is not going to crash and burn
1: after one season right right <laughs> um it is, it, it is a Strazinsky and miracle that that show ever saw the light of day, though.
0: Oh, but I, given I, the
1: story I, he tells about it, yeah, right,
0: right. Um, well, a lot of which is is corroborated elsewhere, totally, totally, uh, yeah. And and I don't have any reason to doubt it, but yeah, it seems it seems unbelievable that this that this show you know was made in the first place and that it it got its five years. Right. Maybe not in the the form imagined initially, but that
1: it got its five years plus. Right. How on earth this guy got these people to throw all this money at him Mm -hmm. to make this show when Paramount is making a show that he clearly believes was stolen Mm -hmm. right out of his, right out of his hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miraculous. Yeah. Now, have you finished rewatching DS Nine? You have. Yes. 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 As have I. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't rewatched it for maybe ten years, and I was rewatching mm-hmm. it. I finished maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think if you go back and you look at the first sort of ten episodes of each of these programs, when you would think that they would be most similar, uh-huh. I think there are any number of really significant differences. They don't. They never felt like, even though they were both, you know, star programs, they both felt quite different to me even from the start. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, <clears throat> I like them both on their own merits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the trappings are similar. Yeah. And some of the some of the elevator pitch elements are similar, but I don't know that it really. Holds up once you get further down, underneath. Yeah, you know, they do. I don't think they ended up going in the same in the in the same directional. They did both involve kind of large scale war, right? Uh, but you know, thematically, uh, no. I think I think they I think they are distinct, or they they went even if they started from the same initial point from his the idea that he pitched and and some exec. Maybe not yeah. the actual, you know, folks making the show, but some Paramount exec remembered this and said, "Well, why don't we do this?" Right. You know, the divergence from there is. Uh, uh, I think it's it's. I think they're very different. It's greater than they are than they are similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that there are there are elements of Babylon 5's use of its alien cultures that far surpasses DS Nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed um, and and then both shows have this kind of interest in the intersection between questions of religion and faith
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know science and fa- uh, science and technology that are both really interesting. One isn't better than the other, mm-hmm. right um, and I think perhaps the uh the the quality of the casting s- stronger over on the other show?
0: Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's six probably a mix. I think it's six of one. Six yeah, of one. I, yeah. I, okay. I, I would say so. I mean, you're not going to get a, well, they did have in, Andreas Katsoulis. I don't, was he, he, wasn't on deep space nine though. Katsoulis was he? wasn't he's, on DS9. He was, no. he's been on the other shows. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, him or him and, and, and Peter Jurassic I'm you know, I, i I'm not sure you get anybody
1: there's that, nothing like it in sci-fi no even now
0: no yeah um oh, I completely agree there
1: yeah and their arc remains uh, it remains unfinished where we are in our own watching of mm-hmm. the program but yeah but it 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 continues yeah. to be that that part of the show that I like the best mm-hmm. um and
0: and I feel I feel that if they were to go back, we, we talked a number of years ago about uh, you know if they were to start a new uh, new season, twenty five years later, right? You know, Babylon Five. Uh, I don't think that they would. Uh, I don't think that they would blow up Lanier's ship in the uh, in the first episode.
1: Probably not.
0: Like like yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. A little spoiler for the uh, the documentary. On the other uh, on the other side, if folks have seen it,
1: yeah indeed, yeah, um, yeah. trouble extraordinary documentary. Anyway. yes, yeah, um but but troubling facial hair quite mm-hmm. um so so we get Babylon five, and then we get the rest of his television career, you know, Jeremiah is kind of a flame out, yeah, and then he's sort of adrift, and yeah. y- you know reinventing yourself at fifty. <laughs> As a, uh, as a feature film writer mm-hmm. is an audacious move beyond the dreams of audaciousness. Yeah. Now, right?
0: have, you, have you seen The Changeling? No. Did nah. you get a chance to... I, it's, it's not streaming anywhere, so I wasn't able to, to check it out. But I, I'm definitely curious about it. And if it, if it pops up on Netflix or Amazon or any of those, I, I, I definitely want, I, I want to check it out. Um, yes. Yeah, sounds... The only
1: movies of his that I've seen... He was the story guy for Thor. Right. Okay. Which I I've seen forget. Thor and I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But I, I liked yes. Thor more for its direction mm-hmm. and for its production design. Yes. Um, I, th- I thought Thor was a perfectly fine Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. One of the, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of a top tier one. Uh, and yeah. I thought World War Z was a big miss.
0: I haven't seen World War Z. Have but- you read it? I, I, yes, I loved the book. Yeah, the book is but
1: extraordinary.
0: I, but I feel like, and I, and I think this was probably you know, he he suggests this is something more of the, the studio angle and and rewrites of what he did. But they, they they took out the they took out what made the book interesting for me, which was the the myriad of voices, correct, uh, and the, the different perspectives and correct uh, on the situation. So um, I don't think I'll, I'll don't think I'll be rushing to check to to, to watch that one.
1: Yeah, I, I but I, I will I would...
0: recommend the audiobook for any for anyone who has not listened to it. It's it's different people for each of the chapters. Ah, uh, as it should Mark be. Mark Hamill does a chapter, Henry Rollins does a chapter. Um,
1: nice. Who is, that,
0: who is it that does the the like the Howard Stern kind of guy? That one might be Mark Hamill. I can't recall, but it was it was a great
1: audiobook. Nice. Uh, yeah, really an extraordinary book. Um mm-hmm way better than it had we think you think about you you describe it in one sentence mm-hmm. and you know it's a little eye rolling. And yeah. then you read it and it's like, my word, extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but but the film had, you know, studio wants a big blockbuster.
1: Right. You know,
0: it had that stink all over it. And and I you know, it really it needed to be a small indie, you know, vignette. Maybe even a maybe even a, a prestige series where each episode is one of the different stories right um, you know right. it did need to be a big Brad Pitt blockbuster
1: it, precisely yeah. um, so so he saves himself mm-hmm. after having burned all of the bridges that he had to burn in television right and burning a whole bunch in print comics mm-hmm right yeah saves himself with these features yeah and uh, you know the last the last thing that was complete of his is uh, is Sense Eight, mm-hmm. which to my money it's one of the best pieces of television ever.
0: It's it's really fantastic, and and again one of these you know how did they get money to do this? Who yeah, who, no kidding. Who greenlit this because if I walked into a room and said, "Here's the show that we're going to make." Okay. Yes, he's got a he's got a track record. The Wachowskis have a track record. So, all right. Well, maybe that's that's an element in favor. But you're going to do what, and you're going right. to film it how? Uh, you know, it's going to be. I can't even imagine how expensive that show was to make.
1: Oh, all of the money it cost all of it. However of the much money. there is, it cost yeah. all of it. Sure. Um, I, I I really yeah. wish that. Uh, that we'd gotten another 20 or 30 pages of reflection on the making of that show. Yeah. Right.
0: I I got the sense that he was kind of writing as that was wrapping. And maybe this was, this was written mainly like two years ago or so. Yeah. Maybe, or, you know, was when he was putting most of this together because he doesn't go into a lot of detail about Sense8. Um, He, you know, he, when he lists off all of the, all of the cast members and uh, cast and crew from Babylon Five who've passed, you know, he he leaves out Stephen first, right? Which I which I can't imagine was a personal slight. I think it was probably that he'd already like submitted his manuscript before, right? You know, before Stephen passed. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, um, it would be interesting to see. It'll would, it would be very interesting to see the second volume of this another ten or twenty years down the line. Totally. Of what he does from here, and, and of course, people listening to this probably know better than than we do what he's working on now. I, I think he—I'd heard something about some sort of fantasy TV show that he was in development on.
1: Yeah, you know, I, th- this is one of those. Huh? Maybe we should have done some research. I did yeah, other research, but now. I didn't do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he's working on presently. Yeah. Huh. Um, but, you
0: but you know, but I I do want to go back and rewatch Sense Eight. Have, you know, having now been living in Babylon Five for the last couple of years, right? Um, I want to go back and try to tease out which storylines are his, and which are the Wachowskis. Huh? Interesting. Um, you know, can you can you look and say this character's arc? You know, when they sat down and and kind of storyboard this out, did the did among the three of them did they say okay? You know. You take, this is your part, I'm, this is my part, this is her part. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to split this out three ways and go. Or maybe it's two ways. Maybe the Wachowskis work sort of more in tandem. Uh, can't really tell. But there were definitely places in the, sh- when I watched the show, I was like, this is a Straczynski moment. This right.
1: Is, you know, right. Yeah. I, I've often thought the same thing about James S.A. Corey, in The Expanse. Uh-huh, right, because oh, their yeah. writing process essentially is well, I do some things, and he does the other things, mm-hmm. and yeah. tonally they they have such a nice fit
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I would be hard pressed to tell you which is which in the writing-
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah, I'd have to know more about the two of them, yeah, to kind of be able to see uh, where to be able to tell those voices apart,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't. I. am still too. I mean, I was destroyed by Sense Eight. Yeah, how good that show was. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I need a little bit more distance before I could before I can get back into that. It was like Travelers, right? Yeah. When that when that yeah. was done, I went mm-hmm. back and watched a couple of a couple of episodes just to see if I could see some things emerging. Mm-hmm. Early in, in, in the early program, and when I started to see things that would just be so powerful down the road, I was like, I can't do this. No. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so he's got this extraordinary film and television oeuvre, which is to say nothing of his print oeuvre, mm-hmm. right? Now, I haven't read everything that he's done. I've read a lot of that Earth One stuff. And I've read Rising Stars, which I think yep. you could make that into a, you know, a Hulu original, or a, you know, a Netflix original, just like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Depends on where the rights to it live. I think that's probably. Oh, I just because mean the quality of
1: the work. That's oh, all. the quality.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But that was that was one of the things that that tripped it up along the way. Uh, you know, there was a there was about a two year gap. Right before the series finished up because top cow i think it was top cow wasn't it? yeah top cow was was in development or or in talks for making a movie of it and kind of were leaving him out and right you know he got a little miffed you know, right what what's that you say jms you know getting miffed at a little miffed you know i
1: find that surprising
0: yes uh, so that's that's why we had to wait for a number of years for the last couple of issues to come out because he was like, no, I'm just going to sit on these and you're not going to get them because I don't like the way you're you're correct you're, you're treating me here yeah right uh, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was a very good story but um, had a certain um, what's the word not simplicity but there were. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll forge ahead with that since I've said the word in the way that it was addressing some of the larger, uh, larger scale problems. Okay. And the one that, that jumps into mind right away there was a there was a character who could who could manipulate water, Yum. and uh, that I believe gave her life. Basically, turning uh, Israel, you know, that that entire swath of of the Middle East into like a lush garden paradise Mm -hmm. and the 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 message in the story was well once once it wasn't a barren desert and it was you know plentiful and resourceful because it you know the water table was was restored and that that peace suddenly springs out you know there's everything's fine there now right it's like that doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be addressing the, the 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 issue as deeply as it's explored, even in Babylon 5.
1: Right, right, right.
0: You know, and I think those same kinds of not addressing things deeply enough, uh, the couple of issues that that he did write of the Superman uh, comic where he's walking across America. Right. uh, You know, before he he sort of bailed on that to write Earth One, uh, which doesn't get mentioned uh, in the book. That's one of those omissions that I was... Kind of yeah. referring to earlier. That's a level is,
1: three Robert Foxworth, isn't it?
0: I, I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> he's
1: he's uh, he's 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 pronouncing an anathema on Foxworth for bailing on B five to go to DS nine, and then he does the same yeah. thing, right?
0: Well, at least he didn't go, he didn't bail and go to Marvel. Well, you know? true. He, was, he still stayed in this. He, he he came to DC to write Superman. He says in the book it was to write Earth one, but he had four issues of this Superman walking across America story. Uh, in the can uh, before he he jumped to to do the other, but uh, I've read I think a couple of those issues. I haven't read all four of them, but it addresses social issues very in a very like oh well this is clearly a fix. You know he, he uses his heat vision to 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 you know burn up uh, the all the the drugs in a in a drug dealer's house.
1: Uh-huh. You know?
0: Uh And it's like well you know and he tells a kid tell them that they can't set up in your neighborhood again. You know, and they, they need to move on, and then it'll be another neighborhood's problem. It's like well, it doesn't feel very Superman to me, and it doesn't feel yeah. like it's going to address the problem either. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a number of pieces in there that, that just feel like, mm, mm. you know, you're 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 not bringing you're not you're not bringing the the depth that I know you can bring. Right. And and that makes it more disappointing than if it were some sort of chump writer, you know, delivering the same story.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. I totally get that. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Do you think he but, would? You know, now that we've sort of gotten gotten through the the, mm-hmm. the substance of the book, right? Yeah. My my speculative question is: Do you think he would remake Babylon Five if he were given the opportunity? Or do you think he would say, "Nah, it's done. Let's move on."
0: I think he'd. I think he'd move on. Um, you know, I don't get the sense that he wants to go back and redo. Hmm. I think it's. It's move forward and do new things. Yeah. Um, I think he
1: thinks but, it's done, right?
0: Yeah. 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 I don't, it, he seems to have, you know, for, for as much love as he has of it and that he talks about on social media, I don't think he's in a hurry to go back and revisit it. But then again, it's something he hasn't done. So it's a challenge. Who knows? Maybe right. we should all. Okay. Everyone, everyone in the sound of my voice, go on to Twitter and tell him that he cannot remake Babylon 5. He is not
1: allowed to remake Babylon 5. He'll be in production in two months. Yeah. I wonder how many Babylon 5 The Next Generation scripts are actually in existence uh-huh. in his house. That he's
0: just kind of like, I, just, I cranked that out one night between, uh, you know,
1: yeah, I was washing a, the you know, dishes and, uh, yeah. you know, and the dishwasher was running. So I wrote a season of Babylon 5, The Next Generation, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to do something.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was you know, waiting at the DMV for, you know, for 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, so I cranked out a whole series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to your point about being a little self-aggrandizing, I like to think I'm reasonably productive. Yep. But God yes. bless, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think what? I will stop mocking you for the the volume of books that you produce uh, having having now read this.
1: <laughs> right, because clearly I'm I'm piker supreme. Yes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, what? Only two books this year. Mm. Mm. So that's yeah. one tenth. Uh, that's a one tenth JMS. Yeah. You know, that's a dram. Mm. You know.
0: Uh, still more than I put out each year.
1: Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, and and he's he's uh, I mean, sixty five. Still yeah. plenty. Still plenty of energy in the tank and. Absolutely. You know, I'm looking forward to whatever he does next. Yes, very you know, much so. And hope that it's, you know, that it's more like a eight kind of quality. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that he benefits from having somebody else in the writer's room with him.
1: I think that's you know, true. At least,
0: now, now I'm, I'm saying that based on 20-year-old work. True. So, and we saw, we've seen the the level that his voice in writing Babylon 5 has improved just in the four years. Correct. We covered so far. Correct. So, so maybe that's unfair, but uh, but it seems stronger when he's you know when he's you know sense eight seem to be st- stronger written and not to fall into some of the self indulgences R- well. Right.
1: Right. What, what what's the idea here that sort of an, an arithmetic progression is sort of nice and even, mm. whereas a geometric one is sort of yeah. you know, and it seems like it's sense eights writing is geometrically better, mm-hmm. not arithmetically yeah. better than Babylon Li- five.
0: Yeah. Linear versus exponential. Yeah.
1: Something like that. Yeah. This yeah, is not yeah. stuff I know anything about, but yeah, linear fighters, like that.
0: exponential wizards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like three people <laughs> got that. Yeah.
1: But, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so we're at an hour. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, frankly, my takeaway is folks, if you like JMS, you like his work. Mm-hmm. and you want to read a a very honest memoir mm-hmm. this is about the most honest that i've read yeah it's a credible piece Agreed. it's a creditable piece yeah. of work mm-hmm. and uh you know particularly if you're one of the kind of people who likes who's sort of a completist you know in the way that um the way that Chris and i aren't yeah well then you'll 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 well, love the hell out of this
0: They've, they've probably already read it, and we're wondering why they were, we were dealing yeah, with so, so long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, we had life agro. Absolutely. In all fairness, <laughs> yeah. we could have recorded this three weeks ago if I was if I was not dealing with life agro.
0: Same on this end.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so folks, thanks for listening to this very special episode of the Name of the Pod, and we'll be back in short order.
0: Yeah. A little more than a month i think
1: i would think about a month yeah yeah for uh season five episode one
0: we gotta get more life
1: out of the way first uh, correct yeah we gotta 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 get to a point where yeah
0: both of us working in education um, september is just not it's not, not a time nah. when things begin
1: nah yeah. school begins other,
0: other than school yes. yeah school
1: begins yeah. nothing else begins yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but in any case folks we look forward to hearing your comments and we thank you for listening and nice. go out and get this book. And, uh, and we'll see you again very soon. All right. Okay. Cheers. Okay, take care, folks. Bye. Bye.